When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Mark Allred, Court Lalonde, and Rob Tomlin. You can subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Player.fm, SoundCloud.com, and Stitcher Radio. You can support the show financially by going to blackandgoldhockey.com and clicking on the fanatics.com banner before shopping online. You can also purchase exclusive Black and Gold Hockey podcast merchandise in the official B&G shop. And now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show! Hey everyone's fans, welcome back for episode 114 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. We are recording on January 20th, 2019. Big shout out to my wife, Courtney. This is her birthday. Love you, babe, and happy birthday. Um, well, we've got to introduce the panel. Court, welcome back, my friend. How's everything going? It's going. <laughs> fine. There you go. All right, I got a vasectomy and I'm in pain. Got it on Friday. That's It hurts. It hurts. If anybody says it doesn't hurt, they're lying. It hurts. Yeah, don't even want to think about that. Ugh. Um, and and also, hopefully you get better, Court. Obviously. Obviously, I'll feel fine. It's <laughs> just I know I've got a. It looks like I got a softball in between my legs right now. Nice. Uh, yeah. Cold peas. There you go. Picture for everybody to know. <laughs> now, Rob, your turn to follow that up. Yes, and and welcome back to the panel after many weeks of of an absence. Um, we have Rob Tomlin back. Friend, how are you? I'm all right. I haven't been kicked in the balls or anything. So <laughs> That's what I feel like right now, I swear to God. Although I did did have that uh, fall down the stairs. That was, uh, that was a fun time. But other than that, yeah, I'm good. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, I said something about that on, the, on a previous show. <laughs> yeah, always look where your feet are when there's ice <laughs> on a step. That's it. Oh, shit. That's probably the best advice. Yeah. I stood on the edge of a step, didn't even realize, turned around to go back in and oh. straight down some stone stairs. Christmas oh. Eve. Fun times. Hopefully you're okay now. Oh, yeah. I'm just clumsy as fuck. Uh, clumsy as hell. That was close. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, after a, a brief hiatus last week for a little mental check for everybody, um, we are back to do uh, episode 114 and, and happy to have the crew back. But we do have a long list of, uh, of agenda. We have an agenda to go over, so I'm going to edit that. And I that. think some things after last night's game have been added to said agenda. Oh, yes, absolutely, and and we did that. So let's just jump in right in with last week's games um, real quickly. Uh, they lost Montreal on January 24th. I'm sorry, the 14th. They lost to Philly on Wednesday, the 16th. They won against the St. Louis Blues at home, uh, a game I went to. Huge shout out to my friend Mike Mack for hooking me up with some sweet club tickets. Those seats were amazing. And obviously last night, the loss to the New York Rangers. So all in all, it was not a very pleasant week for the Bruins, but... This, this, there's a, I don't know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel for this team as they sit in the third position, one point behind second place Toronto Maple Leafs. So, thoughts on last week, guys? It was all Tuka Rask's fault. No, I'm joking. <laughs> 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 wow, I've been gone for too long. Um, no, it's good. No, it's just, just what it is, isn't it? Um, slip back into playing teams their way. That's what happened last week. Too much of playing the uh, opp- uh, opposing team's game and uh, losing. Yeah. Didn't yeah, enjoy it too much. That, that's what uh, Cassidy said after last night's game. They've got to play their game, and they're not. Um, yeah. But I think the glaring issue is they can't score five on five. Yeah, that's, they, that's terrible. You know, like, well, think about it. The, the first line was hot as heck, and now the second line's hot, and the Wagner, the Wagner line is just on fire like it's best line on the team right now um i think it's even better than the crazy line but you can't score any other time like now all of a sudden the first line's cold and the power play is cold it's it's like they just can't as Cassie said they just can't get their game together maybe this hopefully the nine days helps yeah that power play last night against it was gross. the worst penalty killing team in the league Ugh. and marsh end gave me a heart attack because I watched the first one and a half periods, and Marshan gave me a heart attack in the first period when he went to chop that puck back in. Like, don't. Why is Marshan the guy who's at the top of the umbrella? That doesn't make any sense. But yeah, it was not good. Um, well, this nine days uh, that the bye week is upon us so and and i'm not i am not a fan of this bye week i am a fan for players to rest and be with family that is that's a given i uh, yeah i think everybody should do that but this bye week really really congests the schedule you get i mean there's so many uh back-to-backs that are a result of of uh time off like this so i hope sooner or later it goes away i i'm still on board with having this week off in you know the the holidays so the 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 players families can and you know friends and families can be together for the holidays for that nine days and then i would really like to see like the world juniors uh really you know showcased on nhl network as they are and, and other networks so to give the attention to the guys that are coming through the draft so not a fan of the bye week. I'm not a fan of not seeing my team play for nine days. That is pretty much it. But it is what it is. Uh, but we just we, we definitely have to jump right into the glaring, uh, you know, topic. 
and it's Tukaras injury uh, last night. Um, not t- completely sure when it happened. I was drinking last night pretty heavily with, for my wife's birthday, but I did see the injury, um, and it's a concussion. I mean, no doubt about it. He looked like he was a little out of it coming off the ice, and and hopefully he gets better. And and I I don't want to point blame. I I, I mean, it, the game is so fast, and when you're paying the you're paying attention to the puck, things happen. But a lot of people are saying, you know, that Charlie McAvoy could be to blame for that whole incident. And I'm not sure if I want to go that far with the game and the speed that it's at. I'll tell you right now that it wasn't Charlie McAvoy's fault. It wasn't anyone's fault. Because I don't know who shared it on Twitter, but someone shared, like, frame-by-frame photographs of it. Uh, Drew Uh, Johnson, former writer for the Black and Gold Hockey uh, com website. And, um, yeah... When you look at the frame by frame, the moment that uh, McAvoy actually lifts him off the ice is the moment where McAvoy's face is planted into the side of him and he can't see a thing. So I honestly think McAvoy is probably trying to pull him out of the way of Rask. Um, But you can't see if there's a massive body in your way. So it is what it is. Just have to deal with it. Chara pinches. Pasta comes back. McAvoy overcompensates, has to come over to the other side to cover up because Pasta can't control the player coming to the net and runs into him. And when he runs into him, that sends him flying into Rask. McAvoy doesn't make contact with him. He doesn't go into Rask. But McAvoy didn't do it purposely, wasn't maliciously, um, like some certain person in the media said today for some stupid reason because the guy just likes to lie. But it is what it is. It's not. It's. It's all. If you look at Chara pinches, it's like a whole like butterfly effect. Everything happened from what happened there. It's. It sucks. It was a hockey play, and Rask got hurt. He's got nine days, as Cassidy said. We'll see in a couple days how he feels. He could be back, and we should, everything should be fine. Yeah. We'll the- see what happens. There's not much we could say about it. We're. Everybody is more lucky that Rask's head didn't go flying into the post, and the post is not stuck into the ice, and it comes off. Yeah. It comes yeah. off the moorings. Like. Like McAvoy didn't mean to hit him. Does he hit him? Yes. But did he mean to? No. It's it's one of those things. When you're playing hockey, McAvoy is not looking at Rask. He is looking at the other player. I can't say the guy's name, so I'm just not going to say it. Yeah, I can't either. So, so it is what, unfortunately, he didn't realize how close he is to the net. Another person on Twitter was like, well, if the bees played tougher in front of their net. It was a two-on-two. There was no playing tougher in front of your net. This guy does this and goes to the net. But if McAvoy doesn't clip him, he doesn't hit Rask. 100% he skates right by Rask. I, I, we've all played hockey here. When you go to the net, you can control yourself. And he wasn't in control of himself after he made contact with McAvoy. Whether McAvoy meant to make contact with him or not, as soon as that contact's made, he's lost control and he goes flying in the air. You don't go butt first into somebody when you can control it. Right. Well, I've... In fact, I've had this exact same thing happen to me and injure me. Not with a concussion, but with a torn ACL and MCL. Um, And never once did I go, right, that's that guy's fault for pushing him on top of me. It was just, it's just one of those things. Like, you can't control it in that moment because if you look at when the incident happened to when it finished, it's like 0.5 of a second. Like what you what is McAvoy or Tuka gonna do in that point five seconds? 
Yeah, it's so tough Nothing. to decision making when it's so it's so fast. Um, yeah, it's a fast game. Yeah, and like Court alluded to earlier, the the nine days or, or Cassidy said, you know that they'll evaluate uh, after this um, this bye week, um, and he'll and go. Then the, th- when's the All Star break? It like uh, works out like as Cassidy said, it couldn't have happened at a. At a, t- at a, he didn't want to. Use, I don't think he used the word better time, but right. maybe he did. But it couldn't happen. It couldn't happen at a better time for the team. Obviously, to go down as long as he comes back, he right. could be gone for the season. People, he really could. Look at me. I literally just got on the ice a couple weeks ago for the first time. Nice. It's been over. It's just been over a year. I was terrible out there. I thought I was going to die because I'm out of shape. Right. But you never know with a head injury. Let's hope he's back. Yeah, he suffered uh, one. He suffered one last year in, in Nashville, right? He took the shot off the face. Yep, yep. And and with with that uh, the the break for the bye week, he's going to go through the seven day uh, concussion protocol. So it's seven days. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I thought and, it was fourteen. I'm not. I'm not totally sure. No, I think no, no. Seven... I think you're right. I was I was talking to someone last night. We both were trying to research it, and we both couldn't find it. It's it's certain amount. I know um, from speaking to someone, as you guys know, I, I talked to someone during McAvoy's injury and they after a certain amount of days they the player has to fill out a form every day um which i kind of i think it's the same form that i well not the same but same type of form that i filled out at my concussion clinic you have to put down how you're feeling like zero to five or are you 100 percent here like and if you're not 100 percent, you're not cleared right and yeah. as much as people say rask soft i think rask can try and get back on the site as quickly as possible yeah, I believe yeah. so too. And and this uh, what, since we're on the topic, I just I something's just really frustrated me this morning when I woke up and I'm I'm going through the Twitter and sometimes Twitter can be so beneficial for people like us, the podcasters and writers, and other times it can be a complete dumpster fire of emotions uh, the wrong way in in a, like a psychopath kind of form. And I, I just want to say I just don't I do not appreciate people have their voices and I get it, but it's not always politically correct. Um, you know, celebrating your hate for Rask and, and, and saying that, you know, oh, it's good that he got injured. Now we'll give Halak more time is just wrong. I don't understand why people go to that extreme. The keyboard warriors, as so many say, you know, it's just what what would happen if this was happening to a member of your family? I mean, would you appreciate, you know, anything being said about you? I don't think so. So it's just it's just an. Or the lies get clicks. Yeah, like, I know. There's it. a certain someone, and I, I'm not going to mention his name, but all the listeners know, and they know how we feel about some of the articles that get written out of this certain publication. But I'm reading this stuff today. I'm like, are you just making it up? Like, he, he can't be watching the same game. It's right. impossible. Like, it is absolutely impossible. He's, 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 what did he say? That the, What McQuaid did, and we'll, we'll get into what McQuaid did, but what McQuaid did was exactly what the Bruins need to do. Well, first off, the player on the Rangers didn't mean to go into Rask. So there shouldn't be anybody fighting anybody after because the Rangers didn't do anything purposely. The Bruins right now are ninth in hits per game. They're sixth in penalty minutes. They are sixth in, in uh, takeaways per game. They're tenth in shorthanded goals against. Their power play is second in the league, and their penalty kill is 14th in the league. Goals against, they're second in the league. So goaltending is amazing. Their power play is great, except last night 0 for 5. Goals for... They're 16th in the league. Do you know what the team's problem is? They can't score goals. Has nothing to do with team toughness. Wagner showed everybody he's one of the toughest hombres in the league. Same with Kevin Miller. Same with Chara. Like they have team toughness. 
That's the coach, Cassidy after the games never goes, well, this team needs team toughness. He never mentions that. Never says that they need to be tough after the game. Right. What McQuay did was an absolute joke. And I hope when they play in February, Miller says, hey, by the way, I know we're friends, but I'm about to destroy you. Yeah, exactly. Because he deserves it. Because last time I checked, That's Wagner third man. had a clean hit. Yeah, Wagner had a clean hit. And then it was at Strom or Stone or whatever his name is. Strom. Yeah. Strom. Yeah. Strom. Go, decides to go him. He, he he's full blown go, and then McQuaid's like, "No, you know what? I'm gonna grab you from behind, and I'm gonna teach you a lesson." If the, I so wish the Bruins would have scored on that power play. Did the the thing is, shouldn't that be a game ejection? If I you so. run a guy from behind and basically try and pull his helmet off from behind before you even fight, like I thought that would have been a game ejection. But not only that, the other guy drops his gloves. Strom drops his gloves to go with Wagner and then McQuaid jumps in. So you've got third man in and an obvious roughing penalty. I'm guessing the Bruins only got one penalty out of it. Yeah, no, McQuaid got the extra and they had the four minute power play and they didn't score. Yeah. It's just they went over five on the power play. That's why they lost the game last night. Yeah. Over five on the power play. There is no like actual rule for fighting now like because every game it's different either you're allowed to go or they grab you or 10 guys are allowed to run into each other and just start scrapping i, well, I just don't get it anymore yeah like uh, what's his name d'angelo that's a apple juice out here in canada so it was making me laugh and they kept saying his name he punches uh marshan in the face for absolutely no reason like i know marshan sometimes deserves it but in the first period they're they're right by the bench, and he decides to just punch Marshan in the face, and then get sit on the bench. No penalty. I'm also noticing, and I, I understand the little scrums after the play are part of the, supposedly part of the game, but I don't get the whole punching. And every single time the puck is stopped in front of the goalie, everybody's got to jostle and punch each other in the face. Right. And why is it that the refs have decided it is open season on hitting from people from behind? I know it's 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 like the new thing. Yeah. Hey, what you can hit anybody you want from behind now because it's allowed. Yeah, and there's no boarding calls as much. No. Like That's there was a couple dangerous. of times Miller's been absolutely planted against the boards when he goes in for the puck, and it never gets caught. But there's also like Grizz got I'm nailed from this, behind last night. Huge. I'm seeing this on other teams as well. Like um, With David. Who was it that uh, caught? Kit Niemi or whatever he's called for Montreal. He, he took out um, what's his name? Pettersson. Elias yeah. Pettersson. And there was no call on that even though it was an obvious hold. Like grabbed him put him to the ground like it was a rugby scrum. Like I, I just don't get it. I don't understand it anymore. Yeah, the things that they're calling and if you're a player you're like well okay one day you're going to call this now all of a sudden it's free game. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. But yeah, get a little Bruins Don't need toughness like that. That line of Corrali, Wagner, and you switch Achari off and you bring him in or put Bacchus in. Damn, I think it's just Corrali and Wagner. You could put whoever you want with them. They, they've turned into the Marchand and Bergeron of of uh, checking lines. Damn, they're good. Oh yeah, Achari's been playing really well as well. I don't get why oh, yeah. everyone's dogging on Achari. Oh, I don't think people. Well, people are dogging on everybody, right? But high, you got Wagner right now. He's got six goals, five assists, eleven points. Corrales got six goals, eight uh, eight assists, fourteen points. Wagner tied his career high in goals for, and as Cassidy was making fun of, he's got to learn how to score on empty net. <laughs> that was funny. 
that was God. awesome. <laughs> it was a tough. He was off on his offside. I'll give it to him, but it was the, the chirp after from Cassidy is awesome. Uh, he is such a player's coach. Yeah. Um, before we move on to the next topic, I just want to just really back a little bit uh, back on the Tuka Rast thing with Tuka being out and obviously the break in uh, rest. Um, people are asking who's going to be called up, and they're particularly talking to me. Um, right now, Zane McIntyre in 24 games played. He's got a 13-8-3 record uh, with the Baby Bees, uh, 2.79 goals against, and a .884 save percentage. That needs to be uh, worked on. Um, he has struggled to begin the year, but uh, since 2019 came around, he's starting to really play well. Uh, he's on a five-game winning streak. Uh, he's got a 1.82 goals against in that time frame and a 900 save percentage even. So uh, his his uh, counterpart, Dan Vladar, is, is struggling a little bit in his rookie season. and It's not bad. It's just the team has not been playing very well. They're starting to play a little better. But in 19 games played, Dan is 6-8-4 with a 2.81 goals against and a .896 save percentage. So uh, if you're asking me, McIntyre would be the one to get that call. So um, we'll see what happens after this. Uh, after this. But uh, keeping on the injuries, um, bad another bad season for Anders Bjork. Um, he had uh, shoulder surgery and would be out five to six months. Uh, this kid, another one that just can't catch a break when it comes to uh, really starting his NHL career off on the right foot. This is the second year in a row that injuries have hindered uh, his progression that way. Uh, thoughts on him? Uh, just do you still believe he's a good prospect and going to be a good player in this league? Or is this something that is just too much going uh, all at once? Well, for everyone saying trade him now... Um, no, <laughs> because his value is absolutely nothing compared to what he is right now. Um, it it just needs time. I think they leave him in Providence all next season. He's out. He's out all this season. You just next season. I don't care how good he looks in preseason. You just leave him in Providence and let him get back to being a professional hockey player. I just think he needs that time out of the spotlight because every time you put a guy like this in the spotlight, every time Donato comes back up, you've got the absolutely blind people who just love the younger guys who just say, oh my God, they're amazing. Why are they not playing? Um, and then like you have the guys that actually watch and say, right, that guy's not performing too well. Maybe it's time they go back down. So... I think you just leave him down there, let him get used to it, let him play. I don't think there's any point in giving up on him. I really don't. I don't either. I think he's. I think he's gonna fit somewhere on this team, and if not, he can be a tradable asset when he gets healthy. Um, you know, this, this the ceiling has not been reached yet, in my opinion, on this kid. But it's just some unfortunate things are happening to him. So, um, and it's uh, the narrative of, of he's soft and he needs to build and so on. It's just I'm sick and tired of hearing that. But um, moving on, I mean, we've got to talk about uh, Peter Solarik, another young kid that's really trying to make a name for himself in the National Hockey League, especially with the Boston Bruins. Um, and since he's been up, he's been really – on fire. He really wants to, to stay. Um, thoughts on him when, uh, playing on with Krejci? Uh, he's played well. Uh, I 
don't expect this production to stay like it is, like a few people do. Um, uh, he's a good player, but I really don't think he's a second line forward, especially going into the playoffs. Um, but I could see him maybe playing on the third line. Um, but it is what it is. I think he's played really well. Yeah, he's got, what, two goals, one assist, three points in three games. He's looked confident out there. He's controlling plays. Um, and it's even worked out for Heinen, too. Like, Heinen was struggling on that line. He just, for some reason, him and Kretsch, they didn't gel. Yeah. They just couldn't gel together. And if you saw on Heinen's goal last night, it was all him. He kept the puck in. He was holding onto the puck. He seems to be able to, Kretsch's uh, whole game is holding the puck, commanding the play. Heinen likes to hold the puck. So that's why they don't work together. If you look at Solarik, he likes to pass the puck. I said that right, right? Yes. Yeah. I know I get that wrong. I liked him last year. If you remember, I even wrote an article about it. Like, he really needs to stay on this team. And I thought he played very well with, with uh, Kretschy. It's just, for some reason, he got sent back down and he didn't get back up in time. But he, he works well on this line, and now they all seem to gel. But I 100% agree with Rob that uh, I think they still need a second-line winger. Okay. I think they need, they need someone to score. I like what he's doing. I know you you don't want to do the trade, Mark, but I this team needs scoring and they need someone to score some goals. Oh, and okay. Kretschy just needs a guy that can pass. He just needs anybody he can pass the puck to to score. The thing about Solarik, he's the type of guy that's going to be hard in the corners, going to the net type of guy. Well, he's the type of guy that all the team toughness guys think they need, but when this team needs a sniper, yeah, oh, I absolutely agree, and and. When you're talking about the whole trade thing, is I'm not totally against a move. I really want to see uh, a sniper like like you mentioned on this team. Um, but when you when you when you talk about certain parts of trading, uh, and I'm just going to go to the Philadelphia Flyers and people, everybody wanting the uh, Wayne Simmons to be a Bruin. It, to me, Solaric really fits that role at a cheaper price. I know it's just a couple games. It's a real small sample size compared to the two players. But you know, I would rather give the chance to a person like Solaric than getting an, an, an aging Wayne Simmons and declining. And, and I still don't believe that he is fully healthy from uh, an injury he suffered uh, a year ago. I, I, I want to say it was a hip injury. And hips don't. Take a, a while to recover from. I could be wrong on that, so if you need to, you can at me all your hate. So, um, I mean, I, I do want to see it. I, I, goal scoring has, has has got to pick up, and and whether you have to do it by trade or uh, by a committee, something's got to happen. So there's no. I don't think it can be done by committee. This team needs to make a move. So it's outside. Hope, yeah, it, it. I. I don't know. I I've been trying and trying to say it's inside, and Solaric's played well, but. I'm sorry. Like when you are this low in goals for and goals per game, and you're giving up all these shorthanded goals, you just you can't score, and scoring is an issue. Something needs to happen. This yeah. team is so close to being better. This team doesn't have injuries; they're ahead of the Toronto Maple Leafs in the standings. I don't even think twice about it. They yeah. need some other pieces. They need. And some there's a lot goals. of teams out there that used to be really good, still have good players, but just aren't anywhere near a playoff position. Hey, don't be surprised if Buffalo trades Jeff Skinner. Yeah. Wow. Oh, because of the contract think, thing. Yeah. 
And if they don't make the playoffs, they can move them. Well, I was saying um, the other day that Tampa Bay have to sign, um, what's his name, Braden Point next season. That guy's going to want like five million. They have like one point something million in cap space. Oh, he's going to want more money than Nylander got. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not going to sign him. (laughs) Oh, no, they're going to sign Brandon Point. They'd be absolutely stupid. That kid is phenomenal. Yeah, but who does that make available on the Tampa Bay Lightning? Uh, anybody but Kucherov? <laughs> exactly. Well, Stamkos. I know. Stamkos. I, no, I think Stamkos would be available. Why wouldn't he be? He's not even Hed- your best player anymore. Hedman's Hedman not available. No. But Stamkos isn't your best player anymore, so why wouldn't he be available? Mm-hmm. Crazy thought. Hey, let's take a quick break, um, and we'll get back to talking about a certain slump. We'll be right back. Passion. Talent. Development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Nick Bukestad. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! David Backus. And Zach Parisi were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! And we're back. Uh, this this one was particularly, this topic was particularly interesting to me, and and this is the one that Court brought up. And, and is the first line on a scoring slump, uh, regardless of Marshan's goal last night? Um, I, don't, I think they're on a production slump. Uh, so I, I think they're so just a scoring slump. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, they just. Teams are starting to figure them out. And it doesn't help when Marshan does that spinny thing every time he gets in the zone, which he's still doing, and we talked about three years ago. Uh, <laughs> I just, I think they've just become unpredictable. Like, wow. everyone's looking for that one-timer off Pasternak on the right side. Even five-on-five five now seems to be drifting over there sometimes. Um, they just... They need to just calm down, shoot the puck. That's it. Well, they, they seem to be trying to do what they got. In the 5-2 win, they get one goal from that line. And you'd expect they maybe get a couple more points. They seem to be trying to do this outlet pass, Marshan to the short side, or like you said, pass to the thing. They're, they've they've gotten away from using um, Bergie in the bumper. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah, that is I don't strange. Know. And, I, and I don't think... It is a problem. I just think all lines come to a little cold streak. It is what it is. Um, no reason to break up the line. But, yeah, they're they're struggling right now. But I have no doubt that this line is going to pick it up. But, yeah, they are struggling. But the crazy thing is now we get secondary scoring. Yeah, it, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's like, you know, it's good to have one line. It's not good to have one line, your best line in hockey pretty much, to go down into a, in a, in a scoring slump. But... You know, you look down that lineup, and guys are really stepping it up in, in the absence of the uh, the top three. So, I mean, 
it, it's 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 a good thing, but it, you know it, it, it's a it's an on the fence moment. You know what I mean? It's like you have good and you're bad. But that line seems to be getting more points on the power play than they do anything else. Okay, Pasternak's got 27 goals this year. 13 of them are on the power play. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. That's not sick. That's like, Jesus, we need more five-on-five. Five. They can't score five-on-five, <laughs> yeah. five, this team. Yeah. But do you think, before you said that Bergeron isn't playing the bumper position, do you reckon that's because of his injury earlier this season? I'm not like, sure. Because that's a very physical position to play. Like... Guys are trying to hit you. Uh, every time you get the puck, you you might get a shot off, but you're probably going to get hit at the same time. So I but wonder it, if that's because of that injury. It, it could also be because Bergeron's, you know, the smartest hockey player on that hockey club. Um, he is Cassidy, and and you, if you're watching behind the B or Road to the Winter Classic, he uses this this phrase a lot. He's activated the defense. If you saw before one of the games, he had Krug and a bunch of guys in for some video training. And he said, you guys, you have the green light. You guys are activated. In. And I think that is causing some of these shorthanded goals. Because if you notice, Chara pinched last night. And then Pasta ended up being the one that covers. You all, We all know if, pa- if Bergeron ends up being the one that covers instead of Pasta, McAvoy never has to overcompensate. And we never have uh, the guy running into to, uh, to Rask. It just doesn't happen. But unfortunately, yeah. that's not what happened. It seems that maybe Berge, when he's out there, because he's sensing the play, he is trying to make sure that they don't get caught because the Bruins seem to be trying to force offense from the back end, taking low percentage shots on the back end and trying to be in front and creating screens and getting goals that way. Um, just what I'm noticing out there just recently, it seems that defense, especially on the power play, Jesus did they ever pinch? Like, please. It's like when Rask plays the puck. Please don't do that. And defense, stop pinching. <laughs> yeah. Um, jumping on to the next topic is is the power play. Um, obviously, we, we heard the numbers that Court rattled off earlier. But on this power play, I believe that the, uh, the Bruins have the most shorthanded goals given up in the league. I could be wrong yeah, on t- that. Tied with Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, so they both have 10 shorthanded goals against. That is never thought you'd see that. No, those two power plays. Yeah, and, and... two of the best power plays in the league. Well, but they also are power plays where the guys pinch, and they activate the defense. The the defense is live, right? You have Chris Letang on one and Tori Krug on the other. Yeah, yeah, and you, yeah, you only have one D man. And I heard forwards. people screaming, "Oh, you got to have McAvoy on that point or put Krejci on the point." That's not going to solve the problem. It's the problem of what they're doing on the power play that these guys are getting. I don't know, maybe it's goal-hungry because you notice Marshan and Pasta stays in his one zone and he just keeps going up and down. Marshan tries to get close and tries to do that short side shot. And then you got Berge in the bumper. But when these defense activate and they start coming in, I don't know. It's almost like the only one that I'm noticing that's doing well. There's two defensemen on this team that are doing well. They're pinching and getting back, and that's Carlo and Miller. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of them, they pinch, and I'm like, Jesus. But when when – what I'm seeing is when when those players are pinching, uh, you, you're creating a lot more open space for something to happen the other way, and you, and they're flat out getting outskated on the man advantage. That is just killing me. You know what I mean? You're you're up one guy, and you're still letting in all these goals. It's just nuts. But you know, it is what it is. Hopefully, that's something that could be corrected um, after this stupid bye week. But. Um, <laughs> defenseman 
Is having too many defensemen a good thing or a bad thing? I, I, I say it's good. Definitely good if the defenseman that sits can sit and still keep his form, I would say. If it's someone who's going to sit, then come back in and play horribly. No. Now, the reason I suggested this topic is at the beginning of the year, if everybody remembers, they signed John Moore and people lose their minds. They're like, oh my God, we got so many defensemen on this team again, especially when they traded fan favorite Adam McQuaid, who now, to me, is enemy number one because he's a goon now. Um, and that's just my opinion. People can be mad at me all they want because I know a lot of people love McQuaid and think he's cute and all that greatness. Well, he decided to be a wuss and try and attack someone from behind. So now he's enemy number one. But they needed these defense. You don't have, you don't sign John Moore. This team isn't in the playoff position they are in right now because you would have been playing Camper all those extra minutes. Even uh, Camper ended up playing. You, you need to not trade these defensemen unless you're going to get that scoring winger because you're going to need this depth because come playoff time, some of these guys that are playing great now might not look as great in the playoffs. Oh, that's a good and point. Everybody gets hurt. It's it's just like, you know, injuries are going to keep happening. People are going to get hurt. And this defense has been the sole reason in my eyes that this team is anywhere in a playoff spot right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to say it now. Like, how good does that contract look for more? <laughs> because everyone was saying I was crazy when I said, oh, that's actually quite a good deal guy that can play like your bottom pair or your middle pair I think he's played amazingly well and I think and, the only reason that he stays out is because of how well defensively Grizzly has played yeah and, and think about it at the beginning of the year it's crazy Grizz would have been the guy that's sitting and yeah. more would have been the guy that's playing but because of what happened Grizz got to flourish because you think Grizz is ready you never sign more in the first place yeah, exactly yeah, definitely so obviously the the coaching staff and the general manager, they all didn't think the kid was ready to step in because I believe he was, he was a little rough with the playoffs. Uh, the game I was at in Toronto, I remember, I remember messaging Mark on Twitter last year after that game. I'm like, that kid can never go back on the ice. He looked like a chicken with his head cut off, but he's played phenomenal. He leads the team at plus minus with plus seven. I, I know plus minus is a stupid stat, but for a guy, guy, his size and a team that has trouble scoring goals, no, plus plus seven is not that bad. Exactly, uh, and a player who's not playing bad as of late is uh, is David Krejci, and it's so good to see him um, working well with uh, you know multiple line mates at at times, especially during this this season and in the injuries. But his game's really stepped up as of late, and and it's good to have that type of player and experience in a, in a, in a veteran. Uh, but what are your thoughts on his game um, thus far? I, I think he's just played the game that he's always played. Um, this David Krejci has always been there. It just depends on the style that the teams are playing around him at that time. If he can slow down the game, he's unbelievable. If he can't slow down the game... He's invisible. That's the thing with David Krejci. So, I mean, he's been playing amazing and he's one of my favourite sentiment from around the league. So, I just think he's going to keep playing his style of game until he retires. There's no change in David Krejci. Um, 
but I'm just hoping they can get a consistent right winger for him because I mean we looked at it before when when Pasternak was his right wing they couldn't find a left wing to play with him now they can't find a right wing to play with him now you got Jake DeBrusque I mean the guy is unlucky I think his point production would be way higher than it is if he had two line mates with him at all times that knew what they were doing he does have 40 points he's almost had a point per game this year that's what I mean but I'd, the guy could have 60 if he had permanent line mates and, and he all he needs is a player that wants the puck only when he's in a scoring chance because yeah. Kretsch is a guy that loves holding, controlling the play, like you said, slowing it down, and loves to have the puck on his stick. That, do you know who, that's uh, what he wants to do. He's got 30 assists this year, for God's sakes. Do you know who plays that exact style of the game? Adam Oates. And, was, and is a former Boston Bruin. <laughs> Adam Oates. Oh, you're going to see Mark Savard. still in the league. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Phil Kessel. Well, I uh, just wants to and, score goals. Oh, 100%. No, but like, like he plays with a guy who slows the game down like Sidney Crosby when he was on Crosby's line because that's what Crosby does. Um, and, I mean, there was, there was talk about him being available. I don't think he ever comes back to Boston. Um, but that is a guy that I'd love to see here because, like you said, he wants the puck when he can score. Doesn't hold the puck, doesn't dangle around, doesn't do anything fancy, just when you've got a chance to score, give me the puck and I'll put it in the back of the net. That's it. That's what he needs, because you got right now he's got two guys. Um Solaric likes going to the net. DeBrus can yeah, he's just a complete player. So they work, but I'm I'm on the same side as 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 Rob. Hey, it'd be awesome if this works for the rest of the season. But I, I'm apprehensive that this is going to work in the playoffs. I th- we all know DeBrus can perform in the playoffs. I just don't know if Soler can yet. He just hasn't had enough seasoning. He looks great out there. Looks like if if he fits, we're laughing. We are laughing. Yeah, I hope he goes out there and proves us all wrong and yeah. just annihilates. But the thing is, we haven't seen it in the past from guys that have come up from Providence that have just absolutely taken over and been like, yeah, I can do this. Otherwise, we wouldn't have this problem in the first place. Mind you, you know Cassidy's got some confidence in him because I'm sure you guys all noticed he got put out in the power play a couple times. Yeah, yeah. and he looked good on the power play. Yeah, he 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 seems very good at the doing the dirty work, getting the puck, and then giving it to the person that he knows will control the play. Like his first instinct to pass the puck is looking for Krejci. Yeah, that's who he's looking for. He's he's like, get this guy the puck, and then I'll get open, and he'll get me the puck back. They. They seem to have confidence in each other, and they trust each other on the ice. Yeah, yeah, and that that works for the opposite way too. It's like when 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 Krejci has the puck, he's probably always looking for DeBrusque. So I mean, yeah. they they definitely yeah, work is well. Is it Krejci or Krejci? Because if you notice, Cassidy always calls he him says Krejci. Yeah, but he calls him Krejci too. Yeah, he always calls him Krejci. Yes, yeah, it's, it's and it's, we all call him Krejci, but it seems everybody's calling Krejci. It's it's Krejci. Great. Hey, you are European, so I would even go with your um. Yeah. Um, no, no, that's not an insult. I'm saying it's true. He hears different names, right? You know, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. Um, what the word confidence, um, Court? You brought this up uh, just a little while ago, and I put this in as a topic because um, uh, I'm not sure what game it was last week, but uh, Bruce Cassidy mentioned. Uh, Jake DeBrusque and said he's got to be a better player. Um, do you and because of Cassidy being a player's coach and he, you know he gets gets along well with these guys, 
Um, do you think that this was just something to like elevate um, DeBrusque's game and kind of like you know, let's see what he can do if I said this? Because he did get called out uh, at, at at the end of one of the games. He did. Yeah, no, I heard it. I think it's it's probably just more like. Right, you're no longer a rookie. You're not sheltered to being told off publicly. Here you go. Yeah. Because a lot of the rookies, you don't hear from the coaching staff like, this guy had a really bad game. This guy didn't do this right. So maybe it's just his time has come where he's no longer seen as a rookie. Mm. And if you do something wrong, you're told about it. He needs to be that second-line player. That we all know he is, because he's. I think Cassidy was just trying to say, "Hey, I believe in you. Now go show everybody else, because you're not playing up to whatever I think you should be at." Yeah, I, he's I don't... not playing like he's not playing like the 25 goal scorer I thought he was going to be this year. Yeah, yeah, and that I think that's what Cassidy's saying. Hey, I thought you were going to pop me like 25 goals this year, and I'm pace you're on you're you're on pace for 20 now. Mm-hmm. I I need that extra oomph. I need you. Because you got Solari playing great and you got Kretz playing great. I need you to be, hey, you know what? I'll start you guys instead if you just keep this up. Yeah. Uh, plenty of options for Bruce to uh, to pick from. Um, and going back to uh, the Peter Solaric uh, today, the Bruins uh, assigned him to Providence. And it, it really started a, a little bit of a, an uproar with people that don't understand uh, it's a nine nine day bye week, and that that doesn't mean that the lower levels of minor pro development shut down too. Uh, the Providence Bruins were supposed to play today, but the uh, the snowstorm that we're having right now, uh, they postponed it to tomorrow at three o five. So there's games tomorrow and there's games Friday and Saturday that he can go down there and keep moving. Um, so. That's it's that's important in the player's development. This was nothing to do with his recent play. It was just you got to keep him moving. So no need to freak out. You know, I, I know people just don't don't understand why moves like this happen, and and it, it is because of playing time and and you know keeping those legs um, in in top shape. So when the when the league does or the team does get back after this bye week. It most likely could get called back up and be even more ready than some of these guys that are taking advantage of the uh, the, the bye week as veterans. So, no, you know, no need to freak out there. Um, but one last thing before we end it. I know we're, we're at 45 minutes right now, but we're, we're running right through these topics. As I, I want to give a, a shout out to uh, my friend Casey. He lives out in the Worcester area, and he has invited us. But I know that you guys can't make it uh, to his uh, outdoor three versus three tournament. Uh, he built a rink uh, on his property, and it's very well done. He's got a really cool uh, warming shack that we're going to do a podcast in. So. Next Saturday, we're going to do a Beers and Bruins uh, on location, and, and I'm going to play in this tournament. Uh, we got my friend Paul from the uh, Ride the Pine radio podcast. He's going to be on my team. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> not not Brian. Brian. I asked Brian to play, but he's, he's got he, – I think he's going to a concert. So, but, um, Ask Paul. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to make a jersey with that on his back. Um, 
But no, he's going to play. And uh, my friend Cody, I talked to last night at my wife's uh, birthday. He's going to play too. So um, we're going to have a nice little time. We're going to get some video and we're going to definitely some audio for next week. So most of that will probably be in the second hour after our discussion. So I'm looking forward to it. I I haven't played in one of these tournaments in a long time, but uh, even even better, it's outdoors. So kind of like a, a winter classic. So it's going to be a good we day. Also, we forgot to mention something. The, the Bruins also made a trade. There was technically a trade for the Bruins. Uh, they traded, was it Paul Carey for Cody Goldblue? Yes. Even though it's an AHL Don't know who either basically. of them are. Yeah, uh, Paul Carey played for the Providence Bruins a little while, I think last year or the year before. Yeah, before, and then yeah. And then signed with uh, Hershey, and then you now he's back again. So uh, just some set of depth as a veteran. Uh, not a big deal. The Goloboff move, uh, I don't know. He wasn't getting that much ice time from what I saw. So No, no not I mean, really. Just a hockey trade, but that's what we want to see in the NHL team, not yeah. in the AHL team. Please. Exactly. When I saw that deal, I was like, oh my God, this is exactly what we need, but not down in the AHL. So. Yeah. I just, I, I mean, when it, we, uh, the, February 25th is the, the uh, trade deadline. So hopefully, I mean, something happens. If, you know, if, if nothing happens, I, I have to like go along with, with how the team operates and you know if they see something that we don't then that's fine i just i don't want them to make a trade for the sake of trading just to make somebody happy because you know bruins twitter would be all excited about the trade and then and then completely crap on the player two weeks when he's not you know producing points so yeah i don't want to do that i want to see a trade that's going to be for longevity um whether it be a trade and sign and get him in here for four or five years I don't want to see a rental. I'm done. I'm done. And the whole, and it, it is unfortunate what happened to Rick Nash with his head injury and, and his retirement, but I don't want to see the price that was paid for something like that. So no more yeah. rentals. I'm done with the rentals. Um, I, that's what I'm, I'm about. I just think they need a guy to solve that second line right wing, but for the future, not just for now. Because I don't think that guy's in the system at all. Not like that that's my thing like i don't think there's a prospect down there that is good enough to step into that role because zaxonition's taking his time and like that's a good thing because there is a chance that he does turn it all around and become that but it's not looking like it at the moment so and i don't want a rental yeah yeah and Wayne Simmons, people, is a rental. Stop yes. saying his name. And Milan Lucic is oh. a train wreck, so don't say his name either. <laughs> also, he's he, a left he winger. Why do we need a left winger? He's also garbage. Uh, there, I said it. He's absolutely garbage. I don't care. Yeah, but care. he scored a couple of goals recently. It's just like, we hey, really people, need you guys him notice who was on the ice when the Bruins scored against the Rangers? Yeah, Adam McQuaid. <laughs> okay? He sucks, too. Minus. I don't care. Like, it, It's great what they did when they played on this team, but that's like... That's like going to the past and saying the guy, you, you, the guy was ten years in this league already, and Lucic was great when he played in the Bruins team. First, but that's years ago. That's first, like saying, "Hey, throw Gretzky back in the lineup." Come on, man. <laughs> come on. Let's funny. just go get over some skits. Hey, Tuka's hurt. Hey, why don't we go find uh, whatever rabbit hole uh, T 
Tim Thomas is down trying to go <laughs> oh, in his in his bunker. That guy back. You know what? He's probably in the White House with Trump right now. He must be buddy. <laughs> no, he's in a bunker with a shotgun, rocking back and forward. You know it. <laughs> he's on the border of Russia, just me, waiting, and he's no longer there. It doesn't mean we got to go back and relive history and let's bring all these guys back. Guess what? Big bad Bruins. Those days are gone. Get over it. Yeah. Never coming back. The league doesn't. It's not revolve around something like that. You know who? No, there's two teams in the league right now that go after toughness. That's the Edmonton Oilers and the LA Kings. Guess what they do? They suck. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, saying. we didn't uh, we didn't mention the fact that Edmonton also claim uh, Cave. Oh yeah, good one. I forgot to write that down. For him, though, he's gonna go to a team and he's gonna get some ice time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think he's gonna be probably their permanent third line, fourth line center, which is he's a good also, thing. He's also from there. Yeah. Yep. So exactly. So he gets to go back home. You know, it's it couldn't have been a better story for the guy. Cassidy really liked him. It, it is what it is. JFK's played well enough that it sucks for him. Like JFK has played well. So and but when you when you look at the whole cave thing, it was it was a move to get him to the NHL on a more regular uh, more time with Edmonton. So I mean, both sides it works out. I just when you look at the future, and I know that some of these prospects just haven't you know lived up to expectations from most fans but um it, it, it's cave cave being in this organization was probably not going to happen even after this season so no. to, okay. to wave him and to move him to a place that he's going to get regular time uh was was a good thing for him so in in his career you know i, I wish him well he's just he's a very nice guy uh i've, I've had uh several conversations with him uh, really down to earth and so on, but you know we wish him the best. But it was just a good move for him. I just don't think that he, if he was to stay in this organization, I, I'm not sure where he'd fit. Wasn't Chirelli the guy that signed him as well? Yeah, well, yeah. So, I mean, that's why so I, I kind of guessed it. That when, They're all when someone, former Bruins. Yeah. How many former Bruins are on that team now? Yeah, I know <laughs> four. Well, when uh, when he got uh, there, they had uh, isn't it Matt Benning that used to was drafted by the Bruins? Yep. Well, yeah. the guy that uh, Matt Benning's the guy that almost destroyed. Uh, he's on the team Con- now. Yeah, Conor yeah. McDavid. Yeah. yeah. So so to to about my McQuaid, McQuaid was phenomenal while he was in this team. He was he's a team first guy. He played great in the playoffs when he needed to be. But he's not the answer on this hockey club, and he's no longer a good hockey player anymore. Every guy that has been traded away and he's still playing in the NHL was a fantastic hockey player for the uh, the Bruins. But it's just what it is. It's a business. And if you can't afford to keep the guys because of the cap, they go. Well, McQuaid got traded because he wasn't going to play. You, yeah. You're well, going to yeah. tell me right now, would you sit, Grizz? There's no one yeah, else on this team. It's you're also a cap anybody. thing as well. The, that's $2.5 million. Towards getting a guy, mm-hmm. so I mean yeah. that's probably why they did it. So, so right now you have, uh, so you said, you said Brandon, you said Matt Benning used to be a Bruin. Yes, Jackie Boston. You're right, one hundred percent. You have Milan Lucic, Matt Benning. You have Kobe Cave, and what's his name, Spooner. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> The whole... I'm surprised. I'm surprised he didn't pay over the odds to Vladimir Sabotka because I thought he would. I'm surprised really he did. hasn't gone for your best friend Coco. Well, Coco it Gate. Uh oh, Coco Gate's back. He's been uh, apparently heavily watched over in Russia. So cool. 
Yeah. He can stay there. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's like six guys you know, you know over there now. That, on the uh, Nothing. There's so many, like there's these six guys that keep popping up in the KHL that are apparently coming to the NHL again. How many guys signed contracts over here this season and then got binned off? Because they're um, oh, these Russian players, some of them, Kovalchuk to be one of them. They just do whatever they want and they think it's okay. But yeah. it's because it's it's a different way like it's a totally different thing being in america to being in europe like it's just yeah it's not the same and it's I, just, I if I you're the boston bruins it's... and you want to have chemistry in your dressing room do you really think bringing in a guy that's had a, a hissy fit his, his agent had a hissy fit that he couldn't make this team because he wasn't good enough in the first place but he thought he was good enough you really want that guy in the dressing room yeah no sounds like jan kovar Jeez. Enough with the babies. <laughs> well, calm down. <laughs> oh, I'm fine. It's it's Hags got me all riled up today. Whoops, I said his name. It's like he <laughs> kicked you in the nuts. <laughs> I'm sure people Sorry. could have figured it so, out. Hundred percent. I honestly, for anybody out there, some serious talk here, people. Vasectomy is great because you know I won't have to have another kid. But it hundred percent when the doctor tells you, hey. It feels like you get kicked in the nuts. It feels like you get kicked in the nuts, and then they take a 30-pound weight and attach it in between your legs and say, walk like this for the next couple of days. Oh, God. I'm hurting right over here. Oh, I'm like oh, 800 God. miles away. And you're awake the whole time, people. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. No, no the you're all right. No, you don't. Oh, no, I'm alive. <laughs> no, <laughs> no that's, rather that, not. That's the way to end the show. Talking about my balls. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, gentlemen, thank you very much. Rob, welcome back, man. It's so good to hear your voice. We, I was so close to getting Chris Green, writer for the uh, blackandgoldhockey.com website, because even though he's not you, he sounds a lot like you. See, I, I was watching, I was listening to Rod Pan the other day, and they said exactly the same thing when they had him on. <laughs> We're not all the same. It's just, just ridiculous. Hey, just... Mark, I mean, Rob, it's just because most of the people in Boston talk like Mark. Yeah, exactly. He just doesn't understand. Well, yeah. <laughs> See, but now I just still... alienated half the fan base. Oh, well. <laughs> That's all right. But anyway, thanks again, Rob. Thanks again, Court. Thank you, everybody, uh, our faithful listeners. Uh, you guys are unbelievable for the support. Uh, we surely appreciate it. Uh, go to Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and, and uh, give us a rating. Uh, write some good or bad things about us. Uh, do whatever you want, but we would really appreciate all the support and everything we've been getting lately. So we will be back next Sunday for another discussion of all Bruins topics. That's all we do. We bleed black and gold. So again, thank you guys. Thank you, everybody. Have a great week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. You can follow the guys on Twitter at blackandgold277, at Court Lalonde, and at Rob40Bruins. You can also send us an email to the show's account at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com.